coming to you from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. This is The Right Hash. The Right Hash is brought to you by Slim Sweets and by Speedy Custom Sneakers. Now, let's spark it up with your hosts, Luke Nadkarni and Alex Thompson. A very pleasant welcome to the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. We've got the I-40 corridor covered. Raleigh to Winston-Salem, and it's football season here on the right hash. There is no more further ado. There is no more waiting. There is no more preseason. College football and the NFL are now in their regular seasons. Luke Ned Carney, Alex Thompson here with you to, to talk all about it. And we've got a special guest with us. You've heard him before on the right hash. You're going to hear him some more this football season as it goes along. But what better way to welcome week one of the NFL than to have Armand Kuchecki live in our Raleigh branch of the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. Armand, welcome. Glad, glad to have you. Yes, gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for bringing me back. And well, we're, we're, we're both in the Harnett County branch. The, the Raleigh branch closes at 8. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah the, the, out, out in, out in uh, I don't know if you can call it suburbia there in, uh, in uh, the Victoria Hills section of, of the mean streets of Fuquay Verena, but... Uh, that's that's where he is, uh, and uh, I should say that's where they are, Alex and Armand. I am here in Winston-Salem. We are all watching the Bills versus Rams game right now. They're at halftime tied at 10. We've had a pretty good game. We've had some takeaways. We've had some touchdowns. Um, but we are going to start off the field here in our first quarter here on this week one episode of The Right Hash because, well, you guys participated. We, we, we thank everybody who signed up, and we had our Right Hash fantasy football draft um, so that was a, a rousing success. Uh, thank you to everybody who signed on and participated. Um, we realized that some of y'all were traveling and couldn't quite make it, but we look forward to a great season in fantasy. And let's talk about our teams a little bit, man. I, uh, so I, I am in three different leagues and I've managed to finagle it. So I have Russell Wilson and Devonte Adams on all three of my teams and obviously including here in the right hash league. Yeah, it was a fun draft. Uh, I, I was, I was very concerned with how the first round uh, went because the guy who picked 10th got both Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook somehow. Um, so I, I'm unsure how that came to be. Uh, of course, uh, what we, we set our, our draft to randomize 30 minutes before the draft started, so basically when the room opened. I loaded up. I'm the first pick, and already I'm like, okay, this is – this is this is starting off the season with the dirty commish already. I haven't done anything to this league, and already I'm going to be tabbed dirty commish. But <laughs> you got you guys let Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry fall to the guy in tenth place. I can't do anything about that. I took Jonathan Taylor like a responsible first picking adult. Um, I don't know what happened there in the middle. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at looking at. I'm actually looking at the names now. Kind of the names of our teams. We've got. Uh, you are obviously Jonathan Taylor Thomas with the Tennessee logo. Sad Gamecock, Mike Barlow, Armand, Coach K, um, the Seneca Chiefs, who I believe is your uncle, Alex. And then we, we've got some, we've got, we got some, some listeners here: Connor Lilly, Miles Speed, friends of the program. Um, and we, we're gonna need. We, we, I want what I want is for everyone to have a a custom name. So we've I challenged the four of you with generic Yahoo names to come up with something great uh, by Sunday if if you hear this. Uh, so that's just a little little fun. Fun fantasy football thing. I think Cameron Break Good Times Come On is pretty good on my part. I know I'm really tooting my own horn here early in the show, but I, I thought of that one all by myself. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you an A for effort. <laughs> right. 
it, it deserves gotten, that at least. I wish I had gotten Cameron Brake would have would have made it perfect. Um, but your uh, fantasy team would be worse, probably so. Um, but my, my opponent currently has Josh Allen playing the big Gronkowski. Great name, by the way. Great movie. Um, but I, I do not have anybody going in tonight's game uh, for the right hash league. But uh, I am. I don't know, man. This is this is the first. You know, we started this show last year. We talked a little bit about, about about our our other fantasy league that we've been doing a while, but. We just thought it was a good idea to, to get the listeners involved and get the friends of the program involved. And we're, we're going to uh, talk about this like pretty much every week here, here on the right hash. So tune in. Uh, we're going to talk a little smack. If you want to talk a little smack to us, send us a message on Twitter, uh, send us an email. Uh, if you, if you're matched up with me or Alex in, in any week, just we'd love to hear it, man. We, we're all about the, the trash talk. So, uh, so we, we look forward to a great season. Let's, let's take a little, some more look at the rosters um Alex you're in in multiple leagues how do you feel about your roster here compared to other leagues maybe good and I uh we were just talking offline real quick before this and um I I think everyone and maybe the reason we saw that those two running backs fall to the 10th and 11th spot is because I think everyone took the liberty of maybe experimenting with his draft a little bit um it did happen Monday night so probably more on the later end of your scheduled drafts uh, it's a free league. It's it's going to be a fun, it's a right hash league. Nothing is really that serious on the right hash. Um, so it, I think there was some experimentation going on, and that's certainly what I did. I mean, I I drafted Patrick Mahomes in this league, and I ha- he's the only quarterback that I've drafted that wasn't Jameis Winston in all of my other drafts. Um, so I tinkered around with drafting a, a quarterback early, which I hadn't done all year, and. Um, yeah, just some, uh, I guess, some more risky picks on the bench. But I, I did try to make this a lot different from my other drafted teams just because it's a free league and it gives you a little bit of frame of reference for next year, a little bit more uh, expanded roster of players that you're familiar with if you do that. What about you, Armand? Yeah, I will say I'm in three leagues myself, and I probably had the same strategy in all three of my leagues and then I probably didn't do enough research. But um, I think I ended up okay in this draft and – you know, in our other league that we did, I had the first overall pick, and that's the first time I've ever had that in my life. And I won't lie, there's like a little bit of pressure when you have the first pick. I mean, after the first pick, first pick was easy, obviously. But then after that, I remember I was making my second pick, and I was debating between two players. And then I made the – I picked uh, Debo Samuel. I was deciding between Debo and Tyreek. And I was asking people, like, what do I do? What do I do? And I picked Debo thinking I wasn't going to get Tyreek. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm up again. Yeah. So, that's like actually came out of nowhere. Yeah, after yeah it was you get, a smaller after you get, league. Yeah. After you're past that first round as as the first pick, it's awesome because you're just like the last. The people who like to pick last, they like to pick last because of the turn. But I think everyone forgets that you get that with the first pick. Yeah. As soon as the first round is over, you're picking on the turn back to back every time, and that that can really help mold your team because you don't have to gamble on am I going to get this guy? Am I am I going to get this guy? You might reach a little bit more because you're like, I'm not going to see this again for 20 picks. But um, just take take them here and take. Nice thing about fantasy football, just take who you feel good about. You don't have to listen to the ADP. You don't have to listen to what Matthew Barry says. Actually, it's probably better if you don't. That's for sure. Um, and uh, just just have fun, and that's what we did in this right hash league. Um, what what did you think about your draft? Because I, I think you went to the same first two picks in every or at least both the leagues that I'm in with you. I did. I, I sort of did that intentionally. Uh, a little bit of background info. I, I've always kind of been one of these one fantasy football league guys. As I've gotten older, I've realized yeah, it, it can be fun to do more. It, it's not 
not as rigid and serious as it's, it's been in the past, especially here in this right hash league. But I did want to keep a little bit of consistency so I don't have to go as crazy looking up stats in, across my teams. So uh, my mainstays uh, are Russell Wilson and uh, Devontae Adams, as I, as I mentioned before. Um, Irv Smith, I ended up with him uh, on a couple of my teams. Uh, he's an intriguing uh, backup tight end option out in Minnesota. Um, but just focusing on this, uh, this roster by itself, I've got a couple guys that, that, um, that I, I'm really big fans of. I ended up with George Kittle, George Skittles, who, who I, I, I like to have every year uh, at the tight end position. He's already questionable, already dealing with some injuries. So uh, that kind of sucks. He'll be taking on the Bears in week one who have Darnell Mooney, who is currently at my flex position, a guy uh, I've spoken really highly of on this show a couple of times. And I, I think is going to be Chicago's number one receiver now with Allen Robinson out of the picture. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, dual threat quarterback. He's getting a bit of a renaissance new beginning in Denver. And he goes to his uh, his former team to play uh, on Monday night. Uh, that'll be exciting. Uh, but one guy I, I really am excited about, uh, and I think could be my ace in the hole, is at the running back position, Damian Pierce in Houston. Uh, kind of quietly won the, the starting job there. And I, I like rookie running backs. You know, I think rookie running backs in fantasy leagues are maybe the highest ceiling picks you could get. Yeah, especially if you've got one like Damian Pierce, where there's not a lot of mouths to feed on the offense. I mean, his his main competition now, because they, they just flat out cut Marlon Mack, uh, so his main competition is Flex Burkhead, um, which, you know, in his own right, he's been in, he has staying power in the NFL. He's going to get touches, but that's that's a big vote of confidence for Damian Pierce, and he's someone that I've taken in two of my leagues as well. Uh, thankfully, I took I got to draft in those leagues before they cut Marlon Mack, so he was still getting drafted a little bit later. Um, but when we drafted for the right hash league, it, I'm not going to say you had to reach, but you definitely had to probably draft him a round or two earlier than you would have if you had drafted on Friday, just because everyone was going crazy for Damian Pierce. Um, and I, I really like Damian Pierce uh, as well. Uh, it probably take him a couple of games to really get up to his, you know, I feel comfortable playing him every week, but um like you said, the, those rookie running backs, if they can stay healthy, they they win leagues. I want to go back to Armand's team for a little bit. I'm, I'm looking down this roster. That, that's a lot of firepower. You, I mean, you got Brady at quarterback. You got Jamar Chase and Jerry Judy as your receivers. I mean, those are two home run hitters. You will see how Jerry Judy comes back from the injury-riddled year last year. Uh, but Travis Etienne Jr., who I think is going to have a big game on Sunday against Washington, this is, for all intents and purposes, his rookie year. Um, so kind of along the same lines as Pierce, we got a guy that you know have, he has his whole repertoire to show, and I, I like that. I don't know what round you got him in, but I really like that pick, and I like the Mark Andrews pick too there from Armand. Yeah, and with both of those, we were just talking about Etienne, obviously the same situation as Pierce, and how I mean they're both him and James Robinson are coming back from injury, so that backfield could be a little could be interesting to start off the year. But you know, all the things I saw said that Etienne should slide into the starting role, but. As we were saying, he hasn't played a snap of NFL football, so we'll just have to see what's up. And with Mark Andrews, I haven't drafted a tight end early in a draft in a long time. I remember back when we first had the league, our other league, I kept getting like the eighth pick, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to take Gronkowski again. So <laughs> there was like three straight years where I drafted Gronk in the first round. But with this draft, Mark Andrews was there, and I didn't see much else that I like at that spot. So I just went and go ahead and – I just took him, so. He was tied in. Was he tied in one last year? It was tied in one or two. Probably. Um, yeah, it, was, it, it was him and Kelsey. 
in another league, I had this dilemma. I think in, in our other league, I had this dilemma where I, I was torn between Kelsey and um, Mark Andrews, and I, I ended up going with Kelsey, so I'm going to see if I regret that or not. I mean, you, you, you can't go wrong. One of them is – Kelsey might not get exactly the volume he was just because they they added two good wide receivers. Um, but you don't know what's going to happen with their running back situation, so I think he becomes maybe even more of a red zone target because they, they don't they don't have that guy. Um, I don't think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be a red zone uh, threat, really. So it's Kelsey or bust down there. I, I, I personally really like Kelsey over Mark Andrews, but – um, I don't think you can go wrong with either, especially if Lamar Jackson stays healthy. Um, and if if the Ravens lose any more running backs, they're going to rely on him even more for short yardage like they did last year. Yeah. I'm, I'm, go ahead, Armand. I was going to say, I was kind of forced into taking time. I was ready to take a quarterback, and I was looking at Russell Wilson just like you. I thought that would have been a really exciting player to have this year with him in a new jersey. But then I think you picked right before me and you snatched him up. So I ended up with Brady. I mean, you know, we'll see what he does. Yeah, I think I think he'll do all right. <laughs> if, yeah. if the last what twenty one years have been any indication, for sure. I guess I minus that one year he was gone with the torn ACL. The player that I like probably the most on Armand's team is Hunter Renfro. Um, I, I think he has, and that, that maybe it's something somewhat of it being a wide receiver, but he has shades of Cooper Cup to me. I don't think he has the deep ball ability, but I think his route running is pretty crisp. Uh, reminds me a lot of those, those Patriots wide receivers. And in that particular offense, he that they fed him an ungodly amount last year. And I think with one more receiver to take uh, attention away from the short yardage, if they can keep Josh Jacobs healthy and develop uh, Zeus White back there um, and Amir uh, Abdullah, I think it's going to be a humongous year in PPR leagues for Hunter Renfro. I wouldn't have him in standard leagues, but if you have PPR, that that guy should be really comparable with someone like Jalen Waddle. He's just going to eat off of volume in PPR. I'm looking at the matchups here now in our first week. We've got some some great ones here. Uh, we got Armand has taken on uh, your uncle, the Seneca Chiefs. Uh, nobody's in that game uh, for either side. It looks like no score there. I think that my favorite matchup of this week is. We got Connor Lilly, who was on our show last week, taking on Mike Barlow, the sad Gamecock. And Connor's got two guys going tonight. Uh, he's got Stephon Diggs with 12.2 points already. Matthew Stafford struggling a little bit. Uh, his old his old quarterback in Detroit. Uh, so this this is a this is a good one. Kind of a clash of a clash of our, each side of the listenership. Uh, I brought Connor kind of into the picture. You bring Mike into the picture, and they, they're matched up in week one. So so this this is a good one. Should be a high scoring. Uh, Alex's groovy team taking on Miles Speed's magnificent team, and you've got uh, Nicole's nice team. Uh, as I as I will take on, uh, as I mentioned, the big Gronkowski who's out to an eight point lead over me. Uh, yep, I've got a already got a beer bet, uh, a drink bet on with Nicole. So whoever wins owes the other one a drink, and I think that's going to be probably my bet for most people that I am able to see in person a lot. Um, especially in a league like this, it's just one of those that it, it's prime time. It, no one should be like you know, stressed about this league. It's a fun league. There shouldn't be, you know, oh my God, this person got hurt. I'm losing my $75 in dues or whatever. Like just ha- have fun in this league, make some little bets. And uh, that, that that's really what makes a free league fun. I think you can make free leagues way more fun than paid leagues. And speaking of which, uh, there will be a gift card or, you know, a, a, a prize. We had a suggestion uh, for a gift card to a local wing establishment. 
Um, we've obviously got 17, 18 weeks to, to figure out uh, what the prize is going to be, but there will be a prize for this league. Your esteemed co-hosts, just Luke and Alex, Armand is eligible for the prize because he's not a regular co-host of the right hash, but your esteemed regular co-hosts will not be eligible for the prizes. So if Alex finishes first and I finish second and you happen to finish third, well, you won the league uh, for all intents and purposes, or you win the prize. So um, there's a little bit of incentive there for everyone who's not us, but I will say, and I say this every time, we are certainly in it for the trash talk and we are certainly in it for the bragging rights. Uh, so, so, so if you've got anything to say to us, please, please send it our way. Yeah, I can't wait for this. I can't wait to talk about it every week. We we probably won't go as in-depth as we are today, but this was, you know, going over the draft, going over everyone's teams a little bit. And uh, uh, I, I want to get in-depth with whenever our guests come on, though. Like, I want to have Miles on, see what he thinks about his team. Let's get Connor back on, see what he thinks about his team, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, the goal should be to have every every member of this of this league on at least one episode during the season. So I think, I think that's a realistic goal to shoot for. And Let's shoot uh, for if it, you're man. interested, let us know. Um, we, we work, work out of time. Uh, we are very flexible here on the right hash. Maybe not quite as flexible as we can be because we have four nights where there are football games. And then when we add action in the fun belt, we get, uh, get even more than that. Um, so, but it, it's a great problem to have um, here on the right hash. And of course we don't draft every week. So that, that obviously gave us a plenty of, of material to talk about here in the first quarter, but we've got a couple minutes left before we transition to the second quarter. Any, any, any final thoughts here from Armand on, on this fantasy league before we, we roll along. No, man, I'm just, I'm glad that this podcast has come along long enough that we were able to put a league together. And it's nice again, like y'all said, that we get to talk about it every week and talk trash to each other and whatnot. So (laughs) quick question to kick to Armand. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Are there any players that, you know, weren't maybe fantasy football draftable at this point that you're looking forward to from a fantasy perspective this year? So maybe a, a rookie tight end, rookie running back that just wasn't high on the depth chart. Give, give, give me Armand's sleeper beyond the ADP. Well, the first name that honestly comes to mind is I really want to see how Tyreek Hill does with this new team and see how Tua works with him and see if he can still produce like he did in Kansas City. But um, that would probably be – that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I'm really curious to see how he does in Miami. How do you feel about the Dolphins this year? Not to sidetrack from the draft too much, but I had them in my top five teams earlier this year uh, for this season. I'm really high on the Dolphins myself. You mentioned Tua. You mentioned Tyreek. How do you how do you actually see that going? I guess it all comes down to Tua, doesn't it, and how he does. I don't really know too much about their defense, but I also don't know who else is on their quarterback depth chart, but – Teddy Bridgewater's their backup. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> I could, yeah, I could see him getting in there at some point during this year, but I think it all just depends on him. And I'd like to see him succeed. I mean, you know, he's been taking a lot of shit from everybody the last few years that he doesn't have an arm and whatnot. Yeah. So I'd say it's up to him, but I could see them being pretty good. Agreed. That, that That's a really interesting team to monitor for fantasy because if they do well this year, a lot of those players are going to be high next year, especially with their backfield. Um, Jalen Waddle will fly off boards next year if they play really well. I'm excited to see the running game for the Dolphins. Uh, just, just they, they, they made so many moves, and I think lost in all the Tua and the receiver stuff is they made some improvements to the run game too. I know Chase Edmonds, I think, is going to get the first crack at RB1 down there in Miami. So it's a totally new-look offense. And, yeah, sometimes it takes takes a while to gel. We'll see what that what happens with a, a tough New England team coming down uh, for week one. So, 
I guess that's the horn there for, for quarter number one, our fantasy football discussion here. I'll set you up for the, the rest of the show as I kind of forgot to do that at the beginning and all the excitement. Uh, second quarter here, we're going to do two pick segments. We're going to separate our um, week one NFL picks in which we're going to pick every game minus this one that's obviously going on right now. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, we will do our official Slim Sweets Indies of the Week with our college football lists of games to pick. And in between that and the third quarter, we're going to recap last week in college football and talk a little bit about uh, the games coming up, a couple that we're going to pick. Um, and we're going to kind of just divide the show in half pro in college as we move on here to the second quarter, Bill's driving into the red zone. And well, let's just, let's just get to it. I mean, we, we, we're going to pick, we're not going to do this every week. Normally, like we did last year, we'll pick, you know, Monday night football, Sunday night football, maybe the four, four twenty-five, uh, the four twenty plus five minutes, exactly. uh, double header game and you know, whatever, you know, four or five significant games, but it's week one. This is the, what I call the pick extravaganza here. And uh, let's just get right into it. Um, let's just start with the game that we all care about. Uh, Jaguars, Commanders, FedEx Field, Chase Young's not going to play. Uh, a, lot, a lot of question marks for, for the Washington defense. Cam Curl injured his thumb against a rookie, not a rookie, a second-year quarterback who looks to make big strides. Let, let's go to our guest first, Armand. We'll give you the first word here on, on our Commanders. Oh, man. <laughs> this, this team, this game – it's it could be a lot. I think just being a fan, I want to go with us week one. I know we lost week one last year. I think the Jags, you know, it'll be Trevor Lawrence's. You know, he's got a lot of pressure on him to break out this year. Obviously, they're gonna have ETN who hasn't played a snap. But man, playing at home with a new quarterback, hopefully we'll have a decent crowd out there. I I would hope you know week one, not everyone. We're not disappointed in them yet. We're not like pissed off yet. So. I really think that we can pull it out. Maybe like a like a twenty to seventeen kind of thing. Oh, I'm throwing a score in there. All right. Yeah. All right. I well, think Washington is a three point favorite. So yeah. Yeah. Two two and a half from the last latest line I've seen with an over under of forty three and a half. So so somewhat in the range of what Armand's thinking. Maybe a little bit a little bit higher scoring is what Vegas is saying. But I uh, I would probably stick more in your range. Just <laughs> given both teams were that are playing. Uh, 43 even sounds a little bit lofty for for this particular set of individuals on the on the field this week. Um, so you're picking Washington by four, maybe a late touchdown. Yeah, that'd be exciting. I'll, I'll go with my boys this time, just this once. After this week, I might have to not even pick like whenever my team plays, but this time I'll go with us. I hear you. Well. As a Jaguars fan, bias left me a long, long time ago. So I, I'm really, I'm really able to just pick what I think is going to happen. And the only thing that that I can think about in this game is the last time Carson once played the Jaguars, and like he just looked like a completely different human being. He was must have been talking a different language with his team. I don't know what happened, but it didn't look anything like what the Colts looked like last year. Um, I, I I don't know what it is. I think the Jaguars have his number. Um, I, I I like the the Washington roster better than I like the Jaguars roster right now. Um, I think the Jaguars roster is a little bit younger on defense. Uh, Carson Wentz probably can take advantage of that somewhat, but he probably hasn't stopped dreaming about Josh Allen. And I, I'm I'm taking the Jaguars to go into hostile territory and win. I'm not giving you a score, but they're going to cover the spread for sure. All right, yeah, and. Uh... Jacksonville is one of the few teams that would not take over FedEx Field. It's kind of interesting that 
like probably 90% of NFL teams will have as many, if not more fans in Washington, but Jacksonville is Luke. one of a few exceptions to that. Team, Luke, that rule. I, I've been to a Jaguars Redskins game in Jacksonville. And let me tell you, Jacksonville doesn't even take over TIAA bank. There were a ton of Redskins game. Yeah. There were a ton of Redskins at that game. Um, I remember, uh, Nasser said at one point I was kind of walking ahead and there was like six Redskins fans behind me. He's like, it looked like you were about to get jumped at your own home stadium. (laughs) I'm like, I'm glad they did it because it's not like I could get away from it. They just do whatever they want to. If I get jumped, I get jumped in public. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Probably take like four or five people to take you to the ground anyway. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Even more to get me up off it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, my turn to pick this game. I'm picking Washington. I can't not pick Washington. It it would hurt my soul to do that. Uh, I think Jacksonville is much, much better on defense than people are going to give them credit for. I think Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen are going to give the Redskins, the commanders, the WFTs, O-line fits. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, kind of like Armand, because of that. Uh, But I am picking Washington to win. Uh, But look for Trayvon Walker to have two and a half sacks. I'll throw that out there. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like that. That would be a great coming out party for the rookie. Yeah. Washington with some injuries and question marks on that interior <laughs> line uh, coming in. So yeah, just one more thing on that game. I will say, like like you've already touched on, I think we've got the advantage offensively, and they've got the advantage defensively. I just want to see Antonio Gibson hold on to the ball. Oh my god, that's yes. already been a storyline. You know, he was getting ready to lose a starting job, and then you know he put a hit out on Brian Robinson. So hopefully, hopefully he recovers quickly. Obviously, but we're minus him, but. I'd like to see Jahan Dotson get involved and all that and just see our offense really click a little bit for once. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really excited to see the rookie Dotson and uh, just, just the new players on the team. I'm counting Curtis Samuel as a new player because he barely played last year. So, right. um, so we'll move, we'll move on. We're not going to go as in depth to, to, to on every game because we're not fans of the teams, but uh, that was a good one to start with and get out of the way. I'm just going to scroll down the ESPN app here as we pick every week one Sunday game and Monday night as well. Uh, Saints at Falcons NFC South matchup. This one will be televised here in North Carolina because the Panthers are on CBS uh, on regular TV. Uh, I'll, I'll go first here. I like New Orleans. Um, I think Jameis bouncing back is going to bounce back from that knee injury. Uh, they're much better on defense than the Falcons are. And I think Marcus Mariota is going to have some struggles here in his first uh, first game in Arthur Smith's system. Uh, the, the Boo Birds could be out if any Falcons fans show up. And uh, I think this is going to be a long season for Atlanta starting on Sunday. Man, who who would have thought in 2015 that we'd be getting a Jameis versus Mariota matchup? But it's the Saints versus the Falcons. Right. Yeah. I actually I did not even register with me that yeah. they this it was those two. Yeah. Uh, with the draft until five seconds ago when you said it. Yeah. Um. I mean, Atlanta's just not good. That they had they have good talent. I like Kyle Pitts. I like Drake London. Um. I like Tyler Algiers. I like Cordero Patterson. I, I actually I like Marcus Mariota and Des Ritter, but. Just not yet uh, as far as picking them to win games, especially against that Saints team. Saints are going to have a ridiculous defense. Getting Michael Thomas back. Chris Olave is going to match up on the other side. Alvin Kamara is going to be healthy. Uh, Taysom Hill back at tight end. Jameis Winston already talking about, you know, how parallel your body is to itself. <laughs> um, so uh, a, a lot of a lot of good stuff going on for New Orleans. I think they're going to have a pretty good year. And the, the five and a half lines a little low to me. So I would take the Saints to easily cover that. Yeah, I got to agree with the both of you. I love Jameis Winston. I love that little prince. Like, you got two elbows. You got two elbows. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. I, I want nothing more than to see Jameis Winston succeed. So, 
hopefully he gets off to a good start. I'll go with the Saints. J- Jameis basically just remixed head, shoulders, knees, and toes for us today. <laughs> the Jameis remix. <laughs> Jameis's version. <laughs> Jay's uh, way. All right. 49ers at Chicago Bears, 1 o'clock, noon central. West Coast team flying east. I don't think that's going to matter because the Bears are dreadful and San Francisco is much, much better. Yeah. Trey Lance's first game could be some hiccups on offense. I'm going to go with the 49ers, though. Is Trey Lance playing? Like, for sure? Mm-hmm. Because well, he's well, he No, but I he said this week he was really annoyed with the 49ers re-signing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Huh. Um, it it, do, it doesn't sound like he's, like, the first certain guy this year. Now, I think week one. I think week one he probably will be, but um, I, I don't know. If he's talking about that publicly, that's definitely in the back of his head um, throughout the game. So there's going to be some pressure there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jimmy G in this game. I, I really like Trey Lance. I just think, man, it's it's so early. He has 600 passing yards in his career. He hasn't played very much. Um, but I, I would love to see that uh, the battle of the second-year rookies. I'm still going to take San Francisco for their roster no matter what. Um, but I, I'm interested to see how their quarterback situation develops this year. I'm not going to lie. I think with what you said with the Trey Lance situation, we haven't seen much of him. I'm going to go with the Bears this time, man. I'd I'd really like to see Justin Fields come out and have a good game. You know, maybe Daryl Mooney can get involved, just like we were talking earlier. So, and you said it's in Chicago, right? Yes. Roger Field. Yeah, man. Give me the Bears. Why not? All right. I, 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 right. I like it. We got dissension. I like it. Steelers, Bengals, AFC North matchup. I was in attendance in this game in Pittsburgh last year where the Bengals came in and just – controlled Pittsburgh and was shocking to pretty much everyone in the stands. This one's in Cincinnati. I, you know, I kind of think there's going to be a team that was really good last year that isn't as good this year. I think that team's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. This doesn't mean I'm sold on Mitch Trubisky and company in Pittsburgh, but I think the Stillers are going to go in on the road and win this one. Yeah, it's hard because I want to – I almost want to say that the Bengals fluked their way to the Super Bowl last year, just kind of got, the Titans fell on their face. Uh, that They had the really, really fun game with the Chiefs. Uh, but ultimately, the rookie kicker bailed them out and sent them to two straight uh, wins in the playoffs. I, I'm not sure if I'd pick them to take a, to, you know, that, that kind of drop-off. But I certainly think Joe Burrow and what he has is better than Mitch Trubisky and what he has. I like Steelers' defense. I like Steelers' home field advantage. But uh, – the fir- first game there as Akershire, uh Stadium, I think that's going to do the Steelers in. Uh, give me the Bengals. I actually just so picked their it's in, it's in, Sorry, it's in Cincy. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. There. Okay. Yeah. Then nothing about the Steelers' home field <laughs> advantage. They they just went down even more in my book. But I just picked up Cincy's defense in a league uh, because Mitch Trubisky. Uh, we'll see how he does. And you're not coming out week one beating the swaggiest guy in the league. I'm sorry. You're not. He's ready. They're not. Joe I Shiesty. agree with Alex. Joe Shiesty. That's right. I think the Bengals <laughs> have the best offense in the league. I think they'll come out and just handle their business week one. And I could see them being not as good as last year, obviously, but you know, they beefed up their O line, which everyone's been talking about. And if you can protect Joe Burrow, give him some time. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'll take the Bengals. All right. Bengals for Armand and Alex and Steelers for me. Stillers. I've picked Stillers. I've picked all road teams thus far, minus Washington. All right. All right. Eagles, Lions in Detroit. Lions opening the first two weeks with their NFC East home games. 
boy, I really love this Eagles defense. And, and I've spoken really highly of the Lions pretty much every episode. We had Connor Lilly on to talk about, uh, you know, just the kind of steps they're going to make this year. But, boy, this is the first time we're going to see Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean wearing midnight green. And coupled with what Philadelphia already has on that defense, Darius Slay in the defensive backfield and in those trenches, you know, what they've got in the front seven against a quarterback like Jared Goff. I think this will be a high-scoring game. Yeah, but I think there'll be like sacks and turnovers, but there will still be a lot of scoring. But I do think the Eagles are going to win. Yeah, a lot of new faces uh, kind of on both sides. Um, the, the Eagles with a wide receiver room that's so stacked that they could just trade Jalen Rager for peanuts basically and get him out of there. Um, really interested to see what A.J. Brown looks like. Um, I, I really want to pick Detroit because I, I like Detroit, especially over the Eagles. But um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be too much. He's a I, I think he's a much better quarterback than people give him credit for. Um, I I don't like their running backs at all, but outside of that, I pretty much like everything else that the Eagles have, and I really can't wait to see Jordan Davis make his NFL debut. I'm really excited about him. I think there's more hype in Athens this weekend over this than there is against the Bulldogs, or than there is for the Bulldogs game against Samford, which is going to be a 62 to three walkover. Some some bulldog on bulldog there, right? <laughs> Armand, what say you? Yeah, um, Alex says that he doesn't like the Eagles. He can't, but he still can't pick against them. I dislike them enough to pick against them in this case. My man, My man. I want the yeah. I want the Lions this time. <laughs> I mean, I'm hearing a lot about the Eagles, man, and how people think they're going to win the division and they're going to be all this and that. And Jalen Hurts. I don't want to hear any of that crap, man. I hope they go into Detroit Week One and lose and. Maybe shut some people up. So hopefully DeAndre Swift can have a big game. I think that would help them a lot. So give me the Lions, man. They're probably fired up. They were so ass last season. So they could come out hot and have a good game. In other news, Armand Kuchecki and Connor Lilly will be beating up for some drinks this weekend. That's right. <laughs> Armand, have, have you caught any of the uh, the hard knocks or the all or nothing on Amazon Prime for Detroit? I watched like the first episode of the Detroit Lions hard knocks. And I don't know. I, mean, I know the coach was talking about grit and all that. And then. I don't know. I haven't been watching Hard Knocks very much. I remember like uh, Jamal Williams gave some speech at practice. I remember watching that episode being like, this is a long speech, man. And he would just kept going and going. But I get it. They, He's really passionate and he wants them to be good. But after that episode, I was like, oh, I think I'm all right. You, you got to have guys like that. Even if it's a backup running back, you got to have someone who's like, dude, we can't do last year again. Last year sucked ass. Right. And That's... De- Detroit has had that last year for like since Calvin Johnson was on the team. Yeah, and that's that's why I expect them to come out and do all right week one. They'll be fired up. So, finish the uh, finish it up and get to get to know Dan Campbell. Dan maybe Campbell's I will. Man. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. Moving down the list, pick extravaganza week one continues. <clears throat> Patriots at the Miami Dolphins, the aforementioned Miami Dolphins. This is going to be the first one where I pick the home team. This is this is a popcorn game. Uh, Miami three and a half point favorite, which basically means the line's even because the game is in Miami, even though the Patriots draw well there. Going to take the Dolphins here to start positively in this supposed new era. Um, they, they did this last year in Foxborough. They beat Mac Jones and the Pats in week one. We'll do it, do it, we'll do it in, in South Florida this, this year. Dude, even back to when Ronnie Brown was on the Dolphins, the Dolphins just beat the Patriots, and it's yep. not going to change. Um, everyone knows how high I am on the Dolphins. I'm not letting it end right, right there, so... The Dolphins over the Patriots. Fuck the Patriots. I agree with you. I'll go with the Dolphins as well. All righty, we're gonna move through these. Uh, move through these one. These we still got quite a few games to pick here, so we're gonna we're gonna keep on moving through. This next one should also be relatively straightforward. 
Um, Ravens at the Meadowlands taking on the Jets. Baltimore, a seven-point favorite. That seems kind of low. Joe Flacco playing against his old team is about the only interesting thing about this game. It ain't going to be close. Baltimore is going to have a cakewalk here. Yeah. Uh, interesting storyline there. Maybe maybe a point swing or two in Vegas seeing him start. But, uh, yeah. Should, should be. I want to see what Brees Hall does, though, for the Jets. I'm interested in his rookie year uh, getting started off. But uh, there's no chance they win this game. Agreed. <laughs> one word. One word. Yeah, <laughs> no, not much that's, to say there. Much, that's how much this game – that's how little doubt there is surrounding this game here on the right hash. All right, game of local interest here with an even line, too. I know none of us really follow the Panthers, but they will be at home in Charlotte taking on the Browns, and it will be Baker Mayfield's first game for the Panthers against his former team. Uh, there's there's some hype surrounding this one here. My, my mechanic is from Ohio. He's a big Browns fan. He's a big Ohio State fan. Uh, he said he was having some family come down. They're going to ride down to Charlotte for this game, so that, that'll be fun. Uh, I think they're going to be disappointed, though, because the Browns are kind of a mess. Not that the Panthers aren't. Uh, I just think that the Panthers um, just kind of have their shit together a little bit more and they're playing at home. And I think Baker Mayfield is going to have enough of a chip on his shoulder that he's going to play well enough to lead them to the win. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think this is the typical game that Baker gets everyone to believe in him again. And he'll he'll rip everyone's hearts out later on in the season. But th- this is a game, especially with Christian McCaffrey healthy. Um, and I, I Interested to see how they work LaVisca Chenault to the offense. they got a little bit of room to do that. So I'm actually going to go with the Panthers, too. All right. That's uh, It's Jacoby Brissett under center for the Browns, right? Yep. Shouldn't yeah. be, but yep. So, pains me to pick against him. I'm sure they're going to run the ball a shit done. And, I mean, if that can if that can swing it in their direction, maybe they'll pull it out, but I'll go with the Panthers, too. Amari Cooper's first game in Cleveland, too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of storylines there. Next game. The final one o'clock game of Sunday afternoon, the Colts at the Texans and another team that is kind of in the dumps right now. And the, the Houston Texans Colts will be breaking in, not really breaking in, but he's, he's been in the league for so long, but Matt Ryan's first game as their quarterback. Uh, people are really excited about him in Indianapolis um, and Indianapolis being maybe the most boring city in the NFL. Um, any, anything, anything new that happens there is exciting. Um, but man, I just, I'm picking a lot of road teams, but but give me the road team here again. I mean, Houston, as much as I like Damian Pierce and as highly I've spoken of him, they, they don't have a whole lot else. No, co- cover Brandon Cooks and you win that game. Yeah, yeah. Colts. Colts, Colts. Colts for me as well. All right, all right, all right. That's and and two say. zigzags, please. <laughs> Maybe they'll score 45. Exactly. Colts 45, <laughs> Houston Texans zero. <laughs> In the uh, in the city that brought that made made uh, made scissor popular, no less. <laughs> Giants at the Titans. This is a this is a cool matchup of uh, of mythical mythical creatures here, mythical ancient Greek shit. Um, kind of puzzled as to why this is a four twenty five undercard game. Excuse me, four twenty plus five. I got to get back into that that style yeah, with the Packers Vikings going on Fox at the same time. Uh, second year of the double double header in in week one for both Fox and CBS. Um, Daniel Jones getting a reprieve as the uh, the the uh, Giants quarterback. I kind of wonder whether he's auditioning for other jobs or the Giants quarterback job. Brian Dable will get his first chance to be a head coach uh, against a really tough, tough Titans defense and a tough running game. But that Titans suffered a blow a couple weeks ago. Harold Landry uh, out for the season. Uh, I don't think that's going to make a big enough difference for the Giants to uh, come in and win this game, however. I think uh, – and speaking of guys coming back from injuries – 
Derrick Henry uh, after last year. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to run the ball like. And I, I just don't think the uh, Giants offense has enough firepower to, to keep up. Yeah, which is weird because every time I look at that Giants roster, I'm like, how do they not win games? They have, they have so many good receiving options. When Saquon's healthy, they're I like Saquon a lot. Da- Danny Dimes holds them back a lot for, for all of his defenders out there. He just he, – he is not very efficient, not very good. Uh, really interested to see the, the debut in Nashville for Bobby Trees and Traylon Burks. Um, should be an interesting uh, new-look new offense for the Titans. And I hope we get to see Malik Willis before the game is over. I think the game will be out of hand pretty early, uh, and we might see Malik towards the end. So I'm going Titans. Tighten up, baby. Yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup with Saquon and Derrick Henry. That'll probably be fun to watch, but I just don't think the Giants will be able to keep up, so I'll go with the Titans as well. All right. Next, the other 425, 420 plus 5 game on Fox is the Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium taking on their NFC North rivals, the Vikings, and Kirk Cousins. I, I've picked first for a, several games in a row. I'm going to ping-pong it back to Alex here for, for our first pick. Sure. Um, I like the Packers – quarterback advantage and basically nothing else i like their defense maybe a little bit better but um i love the offensive cast for minnesota a lot more uh you you mentioned him earlier as one of your fantasy sleepers that you got irv smith i think he's gonna have a big game especially if they get down into the red zone they loved him there they've loved him there every time he's been healthy so i'm i'm going vikings uh by at least two touchdowns and that's a wide margin but we'll, we'll see. I'll probably go with the Packers with this one. Aaron Rodgers is coming out week one. He'll probably be on his game this year, I think. Hopefully he can recover from that really bad playoff performance he had last year. But I'll go with the Packers in this one. I'm going to go with Minnesota. And I'm going to say because of Zadarius Smith, get his first game with his new team against his old team. Uh, so I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Uh, I think you know, playing indoors – uh, home field advantage for the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins plays much, much better at U.S. Bank Stadium than he does on the road. Um, and I think Justin Jefferson's going to have a couple touchdowns too and get a big start to the season. Give me Minnesota by a touchdown. Jay Jettas. Love, I love, love Justin Jefferson, man. He's one of my favorite players that doesn't play for Washington. I mean, the, the, the guy created or at least made popular maybe the most prolific dance move in the yes. last 15 or 20 years, honestly. Yeah, Everyone great. gritties. <laughs> All right. Chiefs Cardinals 425 on CBS in Arizona, where uh, I was we, I was just five, four years ago watching Washington play the opener uh, at, at Arizona. Armand, Armand was there, too. Um, fun, fun day for uh, for Washington. Uh, 24 to six victory. Fast forward four years and the the Cardinals have the other Native American team coming in that somehow got to keep their name and traditions. And I don't know why. Neither here nor there. Um Pat Mahomes against Kyler Murray. Great quarterback matchup. Um, man, I, I'm having a tough time picking this one. I know a lot of people are not as high on the Chiefs as they have been in years past. I'm not really sure why. I don't know if it's just because they lost Tyreek Hill and whatnot. Um, this is a tough game to pick, but I, I'm going to go with Kansas City by a last-second field goal by my fantasy kicker, Harrison Bucker. There, There's... That, that was one thing we snuck into the right hash league this year as a kicker. We don't play kickers in any of my other leagues, but we snuck it into this one just just for the shits and gigs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the Chiefs too, but 
it, it's it. This is going to be a lot closer game than than folks think. I, I like what you said there, Luke, by by a field goal. Um, I'm not picking that specifically, but I think it's going to be in that in that wheelhouse of maybe towards the end of the game, last team that has the ball wins this one, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think Juju makes a massive uh, first game start for the Chiefs and hauls in two tutties. I'll probably have to go with the Cardinals in this one. I'm not going to lie. I feel like losing Tyreek might take a take a little bit for the Chiefs to get used to, and I don't know. I'm kind of over the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, so but I'm not the biggest fan of Kyler Murray either. But I just something's telling me they're going to pull this one out, and I'm probably the game of the week if you ask me. The best matchup that we've gone through thus far. So give me the Cardinals in this one. Better than got... Commanders Jaguars <laughs> by a very slim margin. Yes, by hair. <laughs> yeah, that'll get the uh, that Chiefs Cardinals game is the primary CBS four twenty plus five game. The undercard game is a pretty good matchup in its own right. It was the one that finished our regular season last year. Uh, you remember the almost tie between the Raiders and the Chargers in Vegas. This game is at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And, boy, this is a – am I allowed to pick a tie here? Can I, can I do that? <laughs> I'm, not, sure. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I will I'm not, not going stop to. You. I'm not going to. I think that would be too good to be true. Um, but Don't tell Donovan McNabb. <laughs> I, I am going to take the Raiders here. Going back to fantasy, Devontae Adams got him all th- on all three of my teams. Uh, his first chance to play with Derek Carr for real uh, his, in the NFL, his, his college quarterback. Uh, I, th- I think the Raiders' defense is going to be the difference in this one. They're going to force a late turnover, pick Justin Herbert off or something, and they're going to seal the game that way. Raiders, close one. Here's what I've here's what I've learned. You don't pick. Sorry, long game, Davis catch. You don't pick against Khalil Mack's team in his first game against his former team, and that is what is happening here. He's going to Vegas, the Raiders. And uh, I think we're going to see him uh, take take out some anger. Maybe try to put himself back on the scene as one of the elite linebackers in this league. Um, And I I just like the Chargers' defense. But this entire conference is going to be coin flips the entire season. So you can't be wrong with either one of them, really. You like Derek Carr. You like Justin Herbert. You know, personal preference at this point. I'm just going to take the Chargers because I'll gut feeling tells me they're a little bit better. Yeah, I think I'll go with the charge on this one, too. I love Justin Herbert. I love that entire offense. I would probably say them next to the Bengals have maybe the two most talented offenses in the league. And I don't know if the Raiders' defense will be able to keep up. So I'll take the Chargers, too. Okie doke. Chargers are y'all's pick over in Harnett County. I took the Raiders. And we are on a Sunday night football. And hopefully this one is straightforward, at least for, for Armand and myself. But this was the kickoff game last year. Buccaneers. At Dallas, it was in Tampa last year, I should say, but this one is at Uncle Jerry's house of discount giant TVs. Uh, Tampa Bay, two-and-a-half-point favorite, and I don't give a shit about the the, the X's and those here. I, I don't pick the Cowboys, so I think you guys know who I'm, who I'm taking here. Yeah, th- this will be an interesting game, though, for, for um, you know, if you, if you just took the logos and names off of it and just played the rosters against each other, it'd be uh, a, re- a really good game. Uh, I, I like the Bucks anyway. I mean, yeah, same reason as Luke. Never <laughs> the Cowboys ever, ever give me the bugs. If the Dallas Cowboys and North Korea played a game, I would show up <laughs> dressed as Kim Jong Un. <laughs> I I will go on record as saying that. I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> our last game of our week one pick extravaganza, the Monday Nighter, and maybe the biggest storyline of week one. I mean, if we if we if we go by what how the off season went. 
Russell Wilson with his new team, the Broncos, going into Lumen Field in Seattle against his old friends, the Seahawks. Hostile environment. It's going to be loud. I, I kind of wonder the reaction Russell's going to get. I, I hope it's a positive one because he got that franchise, their only Super Bowl in team history. But, you, you know, you never know. There were some mixed emotions with him last year, the year before. Um, that's going to be a cool storyline. But as far as the football goes, I really like Denver here. Uh, Seattle's kind of in rebuilding mode. Uh, the, the defense is going to have some growing pains. Uh, but I think that uh, Denver's going to be much more buttoned up here. And, Armand, you're going to see a big number from Jerry Judy. Yeah, I hope so. I think, like you said, I really want to pick the Seahawks here. I think that crowd is going to be rocking. It's going to be a really emotional game for Russell Wilson. But, you know, I think the Broncos will pull it out, but like the skin of their teeth kind of thing, maybe a last-second field goal, probably a low-scoring game just with everything going on. But just on paper, how good the teams are compared to each other, I got to pick the Broncos. But I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the Seahawks were, pull, were to pull it out. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's listened to the program knows my martyrdom for Drew Locke. But even if he played, which I, he's QB2 anyway, even if he played, there's just – there's not a position on either roster that I think the Seahawks are stronger than the Broncos in, except for maybe – DK over Cortland Sutton in a one-on-one, but with their quarterbacks, I wouldn't even call that. So I think, I think the Broncos win this pretty convincingly, but that Seattle crowd will keep this closer than the rosters are. Yeah. Who they got? Geno Smith, Geno Smith starting who looked, looked fair at times last year and instead of Russell Wilson, um, but losing Chris Carson to retirement, that was already an iffy one. Uh, I just, I, I have, very little faith in the Seahawks, especially if Drew Locke's not playing. I, th- I think, if anything, he's kind of the one they should be just testing out. It's not like you're losing anything this season. I wouldn't be starting Geno. I don't think you have anything to gain from it. Yeah. So, um, well, probably Pete Carroll's last opener, if I if I had to guess. So, uh, just take it in Seattle. Be, be the 12th, 11th, 10th man, whatever you guys are saying up there. Enjoy your Starbucks. <laughs> um. God, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something. Oh, yeah, I was going to say props to Geno Smith, though. I mean, sticking around that long. You know, there are plenty of quarterbacks that would have gone and done something else by now, but hanging hanging in there as a backup and, you know, finally getting his, his chance to be a starter again and a guy who played for those dreadful Jets teams back about a decade or so ago. Um, so, yeah, so really just just shout out Geno Smith. I'm probably going to go rough this year compared to the rest of the league, but at least he, you know, hung in there and st- stuck around and got his chance to, to, to shine, so – so, that, yeah, there, there you go. As the horn sounds on quarter number two, our pick stravaganza as we've reached half. That was that was a mouthful. Again, we won't be doing entire picks, uh, entire week picks for every uh, every week. No. We just want to do that for week one. Um, but we have hit halftime here. Don't really have any halftime activities planned. But I, I did see Van Morrison last night. was a lot of fun. Um, was a, was an off the bucket list, um, and our our outro theme music is going to reflect that uh, as we kind of try and theme it every week. And one more housekeeping thing before we move to the third quarter in college football: it is late Thursday night, meaning you will probably be listening to this on Friday. Um, so, what got just got to shout it out. Happy Happy birthday, Alex! Uh, hope, hope your next uh, trip around the sun is, is as good as as the rest. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I of appreciate course. it. And the, I won't I won't tell the world what number it is. I was going to say the. <laughs> The, the the dreadful. Uh, it's it's really not, but it, on on paper it looks worse than it is. Like the, the Jaguars, I guess. 
<laughs> so Alex's birthday, September 9th. Same birthday as Adam Sandler and same birthday as my aunt and my older brother. So a lot of birthdays to celebrate. And your stepdad as well. So a lot Actually, of birthdays. Uh, statistically, September 9th is the most common birthday in America. Hmm. Yeah. I think we were talking about that off air. Um, and of course, I, the namesake of our studios, the 14th. Um, and Armand himself, the 24th. So a lot of, lot of, lot of right hash flair here in September for birthdays. The, that, that German birthday, 9-9. Nine, nine. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, all right, with that, halftime is over to avoid any more puns from Alex. And we are on to college football. We are on to college football. And our, uh, our <clears throat> third quarter is going to be just kind of recapping uh, last week quickly and looking ahead to a couple games uh, this week. I know Tennessee plays Pittsburgh, uh, I believe, at, at Heinz Field in a, a big ACC-SEC matchup. Acrisure uh, that game at the end. Acrisure Stadium, not not Heinz. God, I'm such an idiot. Uh, but let's start. Let's start back with Armon because he, like Alex, was in attendance at a college football game uh, for Week One. Uh, it was not the blowout that Tennessee versus Ball State was. It was quite the alternative, a lower scoring game. Uh, Armon over at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, repping the Wolfpack, uh, and NC State just escaping with that victory. Man, I'm not going to beat it to death because uh, a little bit old hat now. But 21-20 over uh, East Carolina. And some kicking woes from the Pirates. Armand, how was your experience there at ECU? I've never been to a game there. I've never actually been to Greenville. Yeah, I'd never been to Greenville before. It was precisely the town that I expected it was going to be. I mean, the first half of the game was awesome. I mean, we had the block punt, and we were actually scoring points. And I don't know, after that, the second half was kind of a blur since we didn't really do much. I mean, my experience, whenever they missed that last kick and we won the game, I felt like no joy at all. I felt like, how did we win that game? We should have lost. It doesn't even like feel like we won. I was talking to ECU fans around me, just not even like the whole time. Everyone we were sitting around was pretty cool, so it wasn't really much like aggressive shit talking. I mean, it was nice to talk to those people. They were cool, but man, it was such a weird, like lethargic feeling when the when the kick missed. But you know, we'll take the win. And we were rightfully so dropped in the rankings. I mean, we didn't really look that good. It's a product of play calling. You know, Devin Leary made some mistakes, but it was a it was a weird game, man. I'm, I'm thank God we won, but right, it was weird, man. Yeah, you just that's one of those where you just get on the bus and you do the spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch and thank the good that's Lord great. you're getting out of there with a victory. Yeah, um, the one tape, and over man. NC, one and over NC State. It, it counts just the same. Um, but, but yeah, a lot of work, a lot of work moving forward. If this team is going to contend in the ACC. Um, yeah. De- Devin Leary has to play better. Uh, the, I'm not saying it's all on him. That's, but you, you're the quarterback. You're the guy who gets all the praise. You're the guy who some of it's going to fall back onto that offense didn't look well prepared. Um, and state's going to have to find someone who's not named Thayer Thomas to actually step up and take some pressure off of him, especially at running back. Um, I thought the defense looked really good though. Uh, 21 points to ECU maybe doesn't seem like a good defensive performance, but ECU hates NC State. They pull out all the trick plays. They, you know, get, uh, open their whole offensive playbook, and uh, State still escapes somehow. I, I think Kyle Bambard's cousin k- kicks recently. <laughs> ah, that name's – that's a cuss. I'm going to have to bleep that out. That's a cuss word. Sure, <laughs> that's these a cuss word. <laughs> um, and I but, you know. That, uh, sorry, Luke, but I definitely oh, no, no, think – you, you, you got it. You got it. You got it. When we see Texas Tech week three, that'll really be a could be a kick in the teeth for us to see to really see where we're at. I mean, we got Charleston Southern here this week, but 
Texas Tech, that'll be a very interesting game. Hopefully we've woken up from the ECU game. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, opposite side of the state at North Carolina was was crazy. Uh, 63-61 looked more like a basketball score. Drake May has been really brilliant through two weeks. Um, but I got to say, I know because we got some dogs who listen to this show, Georgia probably looked better than any team in, in week one. Kind of a, a byproduct of <laughs> Kirby Smart going up against his old defensive coordinator and Georgia's players just doing their homework and knowing exactly what was coming. But just a definitive beatdown from the dogs on – quote-unquote, a neutral field uh, in Atlanta. It was a Georgia home game, uh, but really, really strong statement and Oregon searching for answers after that beatdown. Yeah, and I'm not going to take away anything from Georgia. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I saw the the margin of victory being what it was, but um, my, my impression that I really took away from that game is how bad Oregon is. I mean, that's the same Bo Nix that the SEC saw for the last two years. He – has one good drive and then falls apart. Oregon wasn't a match physically, mentally, technically, fundamentally, any of the Lees, they, they weren't <laughs> there. Um, I don't, I, I saw a video of some Georgia fans throwing bread at Oregon fans as they walked oh, in. I'm like that. They just mentally dominated them for the entirety of the pre during and post game. Um, not excited to play Georgia this year, obviously, but uh, I think they're beatable. I think Oregon is just really bad. They they yeah, looked I, horrible. Yeah, I know. Like it wasn't they weren't the defense wasn't tested, and that defense is going to get tested in the SEC. So, yeah, yeah, at, yeah, at least by a few teams. But I mean, yeah. o- Oregon's better than uh, probably a handful of the SEC teams that Georgia will play. But I mean, they just looked they looked like a high school team. They were missing a sign. They weren't close on most of the Georgia offense. Georgia offense wasn't doing anything fancy. They were like, we got a 6-7 tight end who runs like a a deer. Let's just get it to him, let him hurdle some people, and see what happens. They did nothing creative. They didn't have to. Yeah, and uh, look, looking ahead to other nationally prominent programs that wear red, Ohio State really sleepwalked through that game with Notre Dame. I think you got to give Marcus Freeman and the Irish credit, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, for kind of outperforming expectations. But – I think that was more, well, one, Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't play for most of the game. And, yep. and two, just Ohio State just didn't look good. And, you know, they didn't look good, but they still won by 11. But imagine if they had played up to their potential. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, the Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, early, early stinger he got, I guess, because he came back. He had two catches for three yards, I think, in the game. So he did come back in, but on the first series, he did get kind of kind of banged up and wasn't the same uh something to monitor the rest of the way uh this year but i think he'll be fine uh this is the most neutralized we've seen an ohio state offense look really in a calendar year and a half or so um so i i echo your sentiment to marcus freeman good job on his first game uh didn't think they'd be anywhere close and uh they they had them shaking the entire time across the street neighbors are ohio state fans and uh, I can just peek out the window and see them kind of pacing in their garage uh, as that game was going on. So uh, really, really fun game. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned I mentioned earlier my mechanic, big Ohio State fan. I was getting an oil change uh, on Tuesday, and he was he was livid, man. He was talking to another customer about how poorly they played and how uh, you know just how much more they should have won by. And I'm like, man, that's that's the kind of fan base that I, I, I want to be around, man. Like, never satisfied. Ohio State fans are never satisfied. 
And it, I just, I, I like the hunger. Man, even outside of, I'm not an Ohio State fan, but they, they definitely should have won by more. Yeah, yeah, they definitely, sorry, I'm pausing to watch Stefan Diggs dance in the end zone as Buffalo yeah. has just turned this into a rout, man. Wow, yeah. this is uh, this is something else, boy. boy. Uh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen looks about as good as, as you can uh, in, in the first week of the season. Wow, Jalen Ramsey just looked lost on that play. Jalen Ramsey thought he was <laughs> running a Diggs route. <laughs> wow, man, Buffalo's wide receivers with Gabe Davis stepping up and Stefan Diggs being who he is and this team is going to be really, really fun to watch, but not to sidetrack too much from this college football segment here um, as we're getting near our, our pick segment, our Islam Suites Indies of the Week. But was there anything else that jumped out at either of y'all uh, in week one? I, I was behind a radio board for a lot of it, uh, so I didn't get to watch as much as uh, as you did probably, Alex. But uh, we're, we're, you know, Western Kentucky going to Hawaii and laying the smack down on the Warriors in a late night style. That, that kind of jumped out at me just because didn't know Hawaii was that bad. Was there anything else that that you you needed to speak about here on the right hash. Absolutely. Um, one one in your in your state. I can't remember if we picked a surprise indie on this one, or I know we picked it on the show with Connor. But um, ODU upsetting Virginia Tech. Oh yeah, that uh, was a straight pick. Yeah, that, that was a pick. Yeah, yeah, that was well, a straight up pick. We straight picked those, um, and probably the really the surprise of the weekend. Florida beating Utah. I don't think anyone really saw that coming. Um, and yeah, we what's, certainly fu- didn't. what's funny is, you know, I, I can only remember what I said about it, but my assessment of it was absolutely spot on that Florida has one guy. It just so happens that one guy was better than Utah. Anthony Richardson, man, looks like the real deal. Guy was speeding down the sidelines. Uh, I mean, Jadavion Clowney would have got pulled over for as fast as, uh, as uh, Richardson was running. Um, they, they vaulted into the top – they're at number 12, I think, this week. Um, they, they take on Kentucky. We'll pick that game later. But uh, Florida was a team that stood out. And then uh, the Sunday night, uh, I don't want to win, no, I don't want to win game between LSU <laughs> and Florida State uh, was really, really interesting um, with the Seminoles coming out on top. I That was just a fun game to watch, especially the last, you know, two plus minutes of, of game time. Um, not a good start for Brian Kelly. Not a good start. Nope. Maybe he's spent, he needs to spend more time working on his X's and O's and not his dance moves. Uh, but yeah, big statement win for the Seminoles and props to you, both you and Connor Lilly. Y'all called that one. And I, I tried to pull a Lee Corso on you guys and I, mm-hmm. I end up with egg on my face. So uh, shout out to Connor for, for making that pick. And, and you, of course, too. Good, good one there. Good insight there. Uh, Seminoles won by a touchdown. Uh, and that was a, that was a uh, – no, I'm sorry. They won by an extra point. I'm, I'm getting all my games blocked the extra point at the end, which is even cooler, actually. Um, so, that that, yeah, that was a great game to end, to end the traditional part of the weekend. And then uh, George Tech Clemson was a laugher, which we all kind of knew was going to happen. But um, real, really, really fun first week of college football. Um, I got to shout out the Virginia Cavaliers, too. Of course, Tony Elliott in his first game. Uh, they struggled at times against Richmond. I think that was expected but still came out with a 34 to 17 victory against a pretty good FCS opponent. So uh, in Virginia's going to Illinois in a game, we're going to pick next segment too. Uh, so um, Tennessee and, game was great yeah. too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. We, you know, we, have we talked since you went to Neyland stadium? I don't, I don't believe. Well, maybe we, have we? Yeah. We have it on the show. Um, right. Ex- excellent time. Um, had a lot of fun. Offense did what it did. We didn't – it was never in question. 
And that's the first time we've had a game like that in an opener that has turned out like it was supposed to. That was a game you're supposed to win, you know, 59 to 10 or zero or something. And we could have put 80 on them. We pulled Hooker at halftime. And it was, you know, just that type of game that you're looking, you want to see. It doesn't help you say, okay, we're going to go win a national championship. But it's like, okay, we at least look like we can get in alignments. We've replaced who left pretty well. Um, and, you know, just a, a good a good foot to start the season on. Going into Pittsburgh and then playing Florida two weeks later, uh, we definitely need a good footing. Yeah, that's that's going to be a fun game. We're going we're gonna to pick that game at the, the very end. We're going to save that one for last after our surprise indie. Uh, so um, I'm really looking forward to it. Armand, before we get to our college picks, uh, any, anything you need to tie up here on the, on the college football front? Uh, no, I just had to get yeah. off, get all that state stuff off my yeah. chest. I appreciate y'all letting me have a therapy session about that. <laughs> are you, are you going to the Charleston Southern game? No, I'm not. Not this week. Okay. I'm definitely trying to get a ticket to the Texas Tech game. All right, and there's the horn on quarter number three as we uh, move on to quarter number four and our official Slim Sweets Indies of the Week. Big thanks to Earl Sturdivant, friend of the program. Uh, Anson, North Carolina. Check out Slim Sweets on Facebook. You can get some delicious baked goods delivered to your door. Uh, and we've, we've been friends with Earl. Earl and I go way back. Um, and we decided we decided this segment just works uh, for, for him to be to be entitled on. So uh, each we will pick, I don't know exactly how many games, not as many as we picked NFL games. We have a nice slate of college football. This, these, this week and next week can kind of be a little bit lighter as after these kickoff games, teams will schedule uh, shitty opponents like the Georgia Bulldogs are doing. We are not going to pick the Georgia Samford game, by the way. We hope that one is obvious to you guys, <laughs> as it is to us. Um, but pick the Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, of course, Alex, Alex Thompson. He of no children, but of top-notch dad jokes. Uh, exactly. you're, you're on the right hash. Um, but I'm, I'm looking back, scrolling back for our, our list of games here. Um, and we will start. I don't want to start with Bama, Texas. That's too juicy to, to go to lead off with here in the fourth quarter. How about Wake Vandy? We'll start right here with Winston-Salem's own Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And Sam Hartman, I believe, is going to be back for this game or either this week or the next. I know this he week. was very close to come. Okay, this week. Uh, so that that makes it easy for me. Uh, you've got the the Demon Deacons, uh, the the against the fighting James William Bottomtooths of Vanderbilt, and uh, yeah. you got a black and gold everywhere. My old high school colors. Uh, but Wake Forest is is going to win this game. Yeah, uh, I honestly would have picked Vandy if Sam Hartman wasn't playing. Um, Same. To, Same. To be, yeah. to be completely truthful, I, I was going to pick them, uh, but they announced today that he is full go. He is going to play. So. Um, that if we would have recorded this this morning, I would have picked Vandy. But since we're recording it tonight, I'm taking Wake. Yeah, and that's and that is how football season goes here on the right hash. Sometimes we get information, we schedule our show, and then we get information that forces us to switch what we're going to talk about. So doing it on the fly uh, for Wake versus Vandy, Iowa State and Iowa, the Cyhawk Trophy. This is always early in the season. Always gets the rivalry games kicked off. I'm a big fan of this rivalry, even though they're in opposite conferences. Kind of makes it a little more special, even though they get to play every year, even though they are not in the same conference. This uh, is not a hard pick for me for this reason. Uh, my grandparents met at the University of Iowa. Um, if it was not for the University of Iowa, I would likely not exist. Uh, this is the, my paternal grandparents. Um, so they that's where they met and uh, you know became, became in love and decided to start a family. So I'm, I'm taking the Iowa Hawkeyes. For that reason and that reason only. 
Yeah, uh, I'm going to go Iowa State only because uh, Iowa scored seven points last week and did not score a touchdown. And I don't think God, how did we forget to mention that? Yeah, <laughs> three. I don't think that's going to go well against an actual football team. Um, you're not going to get away with that. This isn't 1920. Um, yeah, go go Cyclones. <laughs> the Cy the Hawk Trophy, one of the least creative named trophies in the history of college football where this game is i'm trying to see where this game is is this game in iowa city or is it in anyway uh doesn't matter even though the game is yeah, the game is in iowa city so the kinetic wave will be happening that, that was what i wanted to know um not it's going to affect the outcome of the game but we'll go to the sec next mike barlow's south carolina gamecocks taking on arkansas uh, and Sam Pittman, who got a big win over Cincinnati, a closer win than I thought it was going to be, but they're taking on the Cox uh, in an, S an early season SEC matchup. Uh, SEC also likes to do this, as Georgia will go to Columbia next week. But um, I'm going to go with the Hogs here. I think they're going to keep the momentum going. Yeah, it's in Razorback Stadium. Uh, I was def I was not impressed by Spencer Rattler in that offense last week. They went into halftime against Georgia State, down 14-12. to um, Wound up winning the game, but... Um, I was, I was really not impressed with Rattler or their offensive line and they were playing Georgia state. So I think Arkansas is, uh, se several standard deviations better than them. Uh, I think the Razorbacks take it. All righty. All righty. That'll be, that'll be uh, going on dueling studios and in, in the Learfield studios. We do both South Carolina and Arkansas. So that'll, that'll be fun there. That's a good new uh, game. Yeah, it is a good noon game in the SC. 11 a.m. local for uh, for the, the the fans out in Arkansas. It'll be an early wake up call to start drinking, but I know they can do it. <laughs> All right, here's a good one for me: Virginia at Illinois. UVA crushed the Illini in Scott Stadium last year, but new coach, different stadium this year at Illinois. Um, Brandon Armstrong's still there though. Uh, Illinois defense looked pretty good against Indiana in their first game. Uh, this is a popcorn game. Really, it's going to be a tough tough to pick. Uh, both teams wear blue and orange, uh, but I'm, I'm going with the hometown Wahoos here just 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 because they I don't have a good reason to pick against them in this game. It's going to be tough. Yeah, you know, Indiana or excuse me, Illinois absolutely could win the game. I'm just I'm just going with the Hoos. When, whenever whenever we got to pick a Virginia game and I don't quite know what to do, I just ask myself, WWCLD, what would Connor Lilly do? And he would pick the Hoos. So I'm going to pick the Hoos. No doubt. Connor, one of the more optimistic UVA fans you'll run into, uh, which is strange because he's a Detroit sports fan, so you'd think he would have that positivity beaten out of him. But he is a true, true specimen. That Connor That's because Virginia's the good team in his repertoire. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. We'll see what happens with the Lions this year as we move on to, boy, a team that really just got out got out barely alive last week, and they, they ruined my surprise ending by beating UTSA in double overtime. But Houston, or I think triple overtime, uh, Houston at Texas Tech, uh, who will be playing NC State. This is a, a tough stretch for for Texas Tech. Going to have to face this high-octane Houston offense before taking on Devin Leary and company. Um, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to let you pick this one first just for a change of pace because yeah, I don't uh, know who I'm going to pick yet. Texas Tech is actually favored uh, by three and a half. Um, this AT&T Stadium should be an interesting game. Uh, I think Texas Tech's looking ahead to the NC State matchup, and I'm – I think I think Houston found their groove a little bit towards the end of that uh, UTSA game, so I'm going to go Houston and a squeaker. I'm going to go with the Red Raiders here. I think they uh, because they have a you know Houston is basically a power conference opponent. 
Uh, you got another power conference opponent. You're not going to be looking ahead to next week. Uh, it's going to be a high scoring game, 55 to 48 type thing, but uh, give me Texas Tech. Kentucky Love. and Florida, another SEC matchup. Love it. Love these early, early season conference games. Um, I'm going to go with the Gators here. Just I think the quarterback, they have such an edge at quarterback. Um, just such a huge, huge margin of, for the Gators there. I think that's going to overshadow anything that can, Kentucky can do on anywhere else with the ball. Yeah, and it's it's in the swamp. They're coming off a good game. Um, I think they're going to have uh, confidence. I don't think they're going to be ha- – I don't think they're going to have their hopes up necessarily. That, that usually has kind of a negative connotation. But I think they're going to feel confident that they're going to build off last week in Billy Napier's first game. Um, Tennessee hasn't beaten the top 10 teams since 2009, and Billy Napier wins one in his first game. That's okay. Not salty. Um, I, I, I'll go with I'll go with the Gators. Florida six-point favorites. But K- Kentucky has everything to beat the Gators. If they can shut down Richardson, uh, I don't know if Florida has an answer right now. Baylor, BYU. Tremendous matchup that was played in Waco last year out in Provo this time. This is uh, this is a good good defensive matchup. Um, boy, this is, this is a tough, tough opponent or tough environment for Baylor to be playing in early in the season. Um, but I like the Bears here. I'm a huge, huge Dave Aranda fan. Uh, they're replacing, you know, this is going to be the first, uh, first start on the road for their new quarterback after a win against Albany that told us pretty much nothing um, down there in Waco. But I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of what Dave Aranda is doing. I love that defense, and I think they're going to shut down BYU's offense. Yeah, BYU actually favored by three right now. Um, but I've got I had Baylor in my playoff prediction, and I I haven't seen anything to sway me from that. So I'm going Baylor. I think they cover, win by a touchdown or two. Yeah, I, don't know. I think that's that's probably a late night game, so that'll that'll be a good one to watch. There's uh, a 10:15 p.m. start. Perfect, perfect. That'll be right when I get home from the from the Georgia broadcast. Uh, that'll be a nice little nightcap. That's some All right. That's some some ranked ten fifteen start time, man. That's Nine foreshadowing. Maybe foreshadowing what's going to happen with the Big Ten when they finally expand out west. But uh, speaking of out west, you've got Mississippi State at Arizona. This game is actually so late that the Mississippi State Network is going to move an hour of their post game show to the pregame, so they're not on the air at three a.m. Mississippi time. Uh, regardless of that. Arizona was dreadful last year, but they made a statement in their first game against San Diego State. This is a big step up in competition. Mississippi State didn't look fantastic against Memphis last week, but they did what they needed to do to win. Uh, Offense was kind of humming. And I think they're going to keep that going against an Arizona team that still has a long way to go. Yeah, I like Will Rogers. This is one of those games that, uh, even though it's on the road, Mississippi State fans need to have the – the cowbell handy just to wake each other up due to the start time. Um, I, I'm going. I'm going with the fighting Mike Leeches. Yeah, the Pirates. The Pirates. <laughs> uh, Bama and Texas. I mentioned this at the top. We're saving it for third to last outside of our surprise Indy and the great Tennessee Pitt game. But this is the new, the big noon game, 11 a.m. Central Time. I know people were kind of upset about that, but. Boy, this is uh, this is another kind of student versus teacher, uh, Saban and going against Sark, who is his offensive coordinator uh, for I, I don't know how long, but I know he was um, like two years, three two, years, okay, two years. Um, boy, did I, I I really want this to be a close game. Shoot, I honestly kind of want to pick Texas, but I just after seeing what Master did to student last week in Atlanta, I kind of feel like this is going to be another one of those, even though the game is at Texas's home stadium. 
Um, Oregon had a better shot versus Georgia than Texas does versus Bama. That's why I'm leaving <laughs> it right there. Bama's winning this. I mean, they they might have an identical score to Utah State last week, 55-0. I can see that happening. Man, yeah, real real test. And hopefully Quinn Ewers doesn't get towed again. That would really suck. That would put the, the icing on the on the cake. Lisa's got, Lisa's got money to, to handle that. Like right, yeah, you can find college kid getting towed, and you had to go like, oh, i got to pick up a couple shifts at McDonald's or go donate plasma. <laughs> nope, now I just need my NIL money to kick in. Exactly. I'm, so, sure, well, I'm sure of which Quinn is getting plenty. So, someone just give me a non-impounded car, please. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go to our surprise indie here because we want to finish with the Tennessee Pitt game because it's a pretty big game. So I'm I'm gonna let you start here because I just just because I want to uh, surprise indie number one. Yep. So my surprise indie for the week is uh, even though they lost last week. I'm, I'm taking App State to beat A&M. Um, A&M had a six-plus-hour weather delay last week. They started at noon, finished their game around 10 p.m. Uh, really discombobulated game. Haynes King did not look great uh, in his first uh, real time with A&M. And App State scored 61 points last week. Uh, I have confidence in them. No, North Carolina is not Texas A&M, but... I don't know. You just you can never count out App State and Sam Houston State. Certainly is not good uh, good competition like Texas A and M played last week. So uh, give me the Mountaineers. Hey, this this might be the best game of the weekend, man. I I, I love love this surprise indie, and I, I kind of forgot it was happening until you you mentioned it. Um, so yeah, I don't, I got a lot of App alumni at my job. You know my my not immediate boss, but the, the kind of the head of our department, Adam Witten is the voice of the Mountaineers. So uh, he'll be, he'll be getting his first trip to college station and Kyle field excited for him to do that. Um, and ho- hopefully he comes home with a win. Cause I, I would, I, you know, being a part of the Georgia broadcast team, I now root against every other sec team. So, so go Mountaineers in that one. There you um, go. My surprise. And he comes from the FCS. Uh, this is a kind of a personal connection game for both of us. Campbell traveling to William and Mary, uh, and Campbell, you said by your own admission, looked looked good last week, taking on William and Mary, one of the top FCS teams year in and year out uh, in Williamsburg. And William and Mary is where both my brothers went to school, several other members of my family. I actually have broadcast a game from that stadium, a, a high school state championship game. Um, so school that's very near and dear to my heart. And I like them to beat your Campbell Camels uh, this Saturday. So we're, we're digging down to FCS for my surprise and there you go. I mean, roll, tri- roll tribe. <laughs> beating Campbell wouldn't surprise me if anyone did it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not not so much, uh, not so much an out, uh, an an, up, an upset there in, in terms, but a uh, an off the wall pick going down to FCS. We don't do that very often here on the right hash, but we finish here. Tennessee, Pittsburgh. Ian's gonna enjoy this game, every one of y'all. And I, I it was, it, it, it's an interesting match. You know, these are two teams that like. You don't have like a lot of connection or history, but like either playing here in week two, and it's one of the most intriguing games of the weekend. There, there is, there is actually a decent amount of connection. Uh, this is the Johnny Majors Classic. Um, what well, we kicked it off last year, Pittsburgh beating us forty-one thirty-four in Knoxville. Um, but Johnny Majors won, won a national title at Pitt, was a Heisman Trophy finalist, and very, very successful head coach at UT. Um, so that there is kind of that cross that there's kind of that inbreeding there almost uh, with, with those two programs. But this is the first SEC team that Pitt has ever hosted. Um, 
And I, I got to think that that, that favors Tennessee a little bit. This is a new stadium for Pitt. Of course, they played against West Virginia there last week. Um, thing that concerns me is that Tennessee is favored by six right now, and I wasn't quite sure that's what was going to happen after Pitt beat West Virginia last week. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about the spread, but I don't think our guys will look into that. And I think we do get some revenge from last year and roll into Florida 3-0. and So I'm going to take Tennessee uh, to just barely cover the spread. I think this is along the same lines of last year, going to be a 41-34, maybe 35-28 type of game. Yeah, I, I like this. I, I wish I could you know, get a chance to actually dissect and watch this matchup, but uh, be on the Georgia broadcast for most of the day. But I'm sure I'll have it on in the background. Um, oh, man, I, I, this is tough for me to pick, too, because I, you know, I love the city of Pittsburgh, love uh, Acrisure Field. Actually, my you know, the Pittsburgh connection to me, my girlfriend is a Penn State fan. She's not a Pitt fan. So, you know, I don't, I don't have that obligation to pick Pittsburgh just because of that. Um, but I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Last week against West Virginia, by the way, set the – Pittsburgh City sports attendance record, I believe. Um, so that that was really awesome. Uh, there were not, not to cut you off, but there were West Virginia fans that bought Pittsburgh season tickets just so they could have guaranteed tickets to that game. Oh wow, yeah, that's yeah. I've, I've heard of that happening at several other places, but first time that's happened. I think for the backyard brawl, at least that I've heard of. So that's I love when that happens. That's just like that's dedication right there. Yeah, and then sports. they can sell the rest of them on YouTube or on YouTube <laughs> on StubHub. Uh, but, you know, Tennessee fans, if Yins are making the trip, uh, they're going to call you Jagoffs. They're going to be rude to you, you know. Um, but my my one recommendation, if you're going to Pittsburgh, skip Permanti Brothers. It ain't that good. There are plenty of other great places to eat in the city of Pittsburgh. As for the game, I'm going to roll with the balls also. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stand in solidarity with my co-host, and I think they're going to get a big win on the road and make a statement here in week two. Good man. So we're definitely losing. <laughs> well you tennessee fans you guys know who to blame come over to winston-salem and give me a swift kick in the balls if uh pittsburgh uh ends up with the victory so uh, there, there yeah. are powers far far greater than us at b with tennessee football i would never <laughs> kick you in the balls for <laughs> and that wraps up our slim sweets indies of the week and that wraps up the right hash as this nfl game is been wrapped up for a while and in practice the bills with a 21 point lead rams driving but it really doesn't matter it's kind of kind of it was fun to to get to do the show while watching a game um especially now that the game has gotten out of hand it kind of kind of it's it's kind of like we're at a bar just slugging back some beers and yeah just watching some football but anyway thanks for thanks for squeezing this in i know i know the uh the thursday night recording is not ideal for our our schedule but moving forward we're gonna have these shows out uh, a little bit earlier in the week, of course, I was at a concert out of town, um, and you know we're just we're just busy. We're regular human beings with jobs, but we will always get these shows in for you to listen to. And Armand, thanks a lot for joining us. I know you were pretty quiet there for the last segment, but uh, always glad to have you on the show, man. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I mean, anytime I get to sit down and talk to my two brothers is a, is a blessing. So thank you very much. Hopefully, I'm back on here sooner than. You know, sooner than later. So yeah, whatever. You. you got a got a standing invite, man. So uh, once again, enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy our fantasy matchup, and we will definitely talk some shit next uh, next week uh, <laughs> based on who won and who lost in our fantasy league. So uh, really looking forward to that. And looks like the Buffalo Bills are are going to be the team to beat in the AFC with an early early sample size here. So Alex, uh, thanks again for joining us. Ha- happy birthday, man. Enjoy your day tomorrow. Um, I hope it's a good one and you don't have to work too hard.
Thank you, sir. And uh, enjoy the uh, the barn burner you're going to have on your hands on Saturday. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be pouring down rain in Athens, so there ain't going to be anything burning. But <laughs> The barn flutter. Um, Except maybe me after the game. <laughs> Back at that, home. That's a guarantee. <laughs> no doubt about it. And that is our show here on The Right Hash. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the games. And once again, if you want to talk us talk to want us to talk about something, send us a message, send us an email, the right hash at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter or Instagram, and just give us your feedback. We are a show of the people. And we will have another show for you next week after week one of the NFL. Thanks a lot for joining us. We'll talk to you next time here on the right hash. And it's stoned me Yet it's stoned me